0: I am really motivated and driven by work and by the value that I could potentially contribute to an organization. That makes me feel good, that fills my cup, but I really wanted something of my own. So I wasn't thinking like, is this gonna be the forever thing? I wasn't thinking at all. I was being mindful, I was living in the moment. I was saying, okay, the market is telling me that I have something that could be valuable to people. So let's go with that and let's have a little bit of fun.
1: Hello and welcome to the Fork in the Road podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Galloway. And here we share stories of women forced to choose between leaning into an invested career in corporate America or daring to venture into an unknown path. On this episode, my guest faced challenge after challenge after challenge before she finally found her way. I am Samara Kaufman, sommelier,
0: small business owner, mom of two, and Atlantan by way of New York City
1: and California. Samara talks candidly about wanting to have an impact on the world and dealing with several really big personal challenges that made her rethink her priorities. And then the universe provided her a window to the future, and she jumped out. Listen for her thoughts on just taking one day at a time, being mindful, and living in the moment trusting the process and the universe and learning to love your ambition there is so much to learn from her enjoy hi i'm so excited to have you on this episode i can't wait for our audience to get to hear your really interesting story and i and i can't wait to really get to know you a little bit better so welcome Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So I want to just jump right into the goods, of course. Um, let's start with a little bit of background. So i set the stage for us. Where were you? What were you doing when you kind of got to this moment um, before you made such a big change in your life? Tell us a little bit about what was going on. Absolutely. Previous to um, starting the business that
0: I own now, I was working in primarily strategy and innovation, ironically enough. Um, I worked for almost a decade at uh, the headquarters of Girl Scouts of the USA in New York City, leading membership strategy. And, you know, that job being in, being an international organization, I was on the road, at least across the United States all the time. I was getting ready to um, be at the point where I wanted to start a family. And I just wanted my life to look a little bit differently. And yeah, so I just kind of started to think about what else was out there. And I had always had this calling to wine. I actually have a minor degree in viticulture and enology from my undergrad because I had, um, I went to college in Northern California. Um, You know, the wine grapes are pretty plentiful there. I had some Mm -hmm. growing in my backyard. I learned how to make wine when I was in college. And um, I just always had this calling. It's what I did in my spare time when I was procrastinating the work I needed to do. I would read about wine and study about wine. Whenever I walked by a wine bar, I just want to take a little peek at their menu and see what they were offering. Um, really loved everything about wine and just had this huge calling that that's where I needed to be. Specifically, organic wine, biodynamic wine, natural wine.
1: And so I slowly made my way back there. So I, I'm I'm interested in this. You're saying you had this incredible passion for wine. You studied it at school. You're you're living in California, you're kind of obsessed with it. <laughs> Is it fair to say maybe you're obsessed with wine? A little? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but but you were at the Girl Scouts. So tell me more, how did you wind up at the Girl Scouts to begin with? And why weren't you already doing wine? That's a really great question. Well, I'm gonna kind of
0: answer the second part of your question first because it kind of sets the stage. Um, you know, graduating with this minor degree in viticulture and enology, that's really a track to become a winemaker. And when you're studying wine, it seems like this glamorous job, be a winemaker. Well, being a winemaker is being a farmer essentially. It is being a farmer who's also a scientist, who's also a marketer, all these things. But at that point in my life, when I was 22 years old, I did not want to be a farmer. I had my eyes and my heart set on New York City and living this glamorous life. I mean, Sex and the City was on television. You know, that's what I wanted for myself. So that's kind of why I stepped away from wine at the beginning of my career is I didn't want to be a farmer and I didn't want to move to Napa at that point because I had already been going to school in Northern California for four years. I had this experience. I was ready for a new experience and just felt a really strong calling New York, and also because I'm an incredibly empathetic person, and I felt this calling to um, to help others, and to be a do gooder, and to give more to the world than I was taking from it. And so I felt this really strong calling to work in the nonprofit sector um, and be able to use um, the skills that I had developed and already developed and developed, obviously, more skills um, to be able to to serve the nonprofit sector. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I worked in New York City for a number of years before I landed at Girl Scouts. I had roles at Big Brothers, Big Sister's jumpstart for young children. And then after those roles, I moved on to actually accepted a role in Austin, Texas, of all places for a couple of years in a running, being the executive director of an education foundation. And I was 26 years old at the time. And I thought to myself, wow, this is my end career goal. I want to be an executive director. I want to be a CEO. And here I am at 26 years old doing this thing that I've that I've always wanted to do. And when I was in it, I didn't love it. I didn't love the day-to-day. I didn't love the fundraising. I didn't love the shaking hands and kissing babies. I just wanted to do the work. I wanted to use my brain. And I realized I had a COO kind of skill set versus a CEO skill set. And so after two years in that role, um, I contacted a headhunter in New York and said, this is where I'm at. This is not where I want to be. I want to be back in New York. I want to be doing something for a much larger organization, solely in the strategy lane. And then, within two weeks, I was on an airplane and had an interview at Girl Scouts of the wow. USA, and the rest is
1: history. So, it, so this this time in your life, this period in your life, you're committed to this a career into this direction where you thought you were headed you clearly had quite a bit of success you felt like this thing is is kind of working for me in the way that it should work on paper right in the way that is expected of this thing to work and yet obviously something wasn't wasn't quite right and you you know you're talking about this idea that here you are at a young age you've got this career you thought this position anyway, that you thought was the thing you would look for towards the end of your career. You're already there, already have it. Now you're moving to New York, a place that your your heart is is aching for. Everything's perfect. So, but it wasn't. So tell me about why, why it wasn't quite perfect.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. You know, like so many, so many of us who went through all of like climbing that ladder in new york city with all that ambition we kind of forget that well there's life outside of work there's hope outside of work and what ended up happening to me was i was realizing i was in my late 30s i had a husband that i love who really was hoping to start a family and i kind of always said oh yeah We're going to do that when the time is right. But right now I'm at this place in my career and it's really important and I'm loving this work and I'm on the road and I'm never around. So we can't really focus on that right now. And a light bulb kind of went off for me where I said, you know, okay, it's time. And then I had this awareness that like, wow, this, this life that I have, while I love it. And I'm on the road all the time working with board chairs and CEOs at Girl Scout councils across the country, we were doing pretty much the largest merger and realignment process in nonprofit history. We were taking 315 Girl Scout councils, each their own independent 501c3s, and bringing them down to just 100. And so Mm -hmm. as you can imagine, the strategy and change transformation work involved in that is is enormous.
1: Um, And and important, right? And I'm sure in the moment you're thinking, I'm doing this really important, high quality, high return work. I'm having a true impact in the world. And yet, your heart. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, and then, you know, as we were kind of closing out the first couple rounds of that work. I just kind of like my heart sank and here I was in my late 30s and I said, okay, now it's time. But the life that I had was not congruent to to starting a family. Being on the road 50 weeks out of the year um, is definitely not congruent to having a family. So I actually left the Girl Scouts. I took another job that was more local to me in New York. We left the city. We moved to the Hudson Valley. You know, we did the thing, and accepted this job. And literally, within weeks of accepting the job, I was pregnant with my first child. Wow! So, <laughs> so when so my first yeah, child was born, it was meant to so be. it, it, it just kind like. of it all happened. So within weeks of, so within weeks, I was pregnant with this child. I left the position. As soon as I gave birth to my daughter, a lot of things happened. I had a child with special needs. She had a stroke at birth. So that required a lot of time at home with her um, where I don't think that I could have achieved those goals with sending her to, sending her, her to a daycare because she needed seven different therapies a week. She had very high needs. Shortly after, after that happened, my mother-in-law got sick. She came to live with us um, and I ended up providing her care for about five months. Then my husband got this great job offer in Atlanta. So we were going to be moving to Atlanta. I got pregnant with my son. We moved to Atlanta. And shortly after arriving in Atlanta, my husband got diagnosed with advanced stage cancer. So, you know, there I was, you know, kind of in this limbo, you know, caring for all the people that I loved most And, you know, obviously not even thinking about myself, you know, just doing, obviously the universe knew I needed to be in a place and thank God we have the ability, um, for me to not be working at that time. So, you know, I spent that, you know, those couple of years really attending to my family and our, you know, very high needs we were having for someone to, to care for all of these details. And then as soon as my husband got better, thank goodness, he's been in full remission for three years now, Wonderful, incredible. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So um, I was able to um, start my business during that time. I was able to, once, you know, with cancer, the truth is, is you kind of get into a routine, you know, once you figure everything out, it's kind of a routine. So once he was going through chemo and life had kind of had some normalcy, I um, was actually asked by my husband's boss at the time to create a wine experience for some mm. clients that they had in town. And I did. And after that after that session, all these folks came up to me and said, oh, I've got to have your card. I'd love to bring you out for my conference. I'd love to have you at this upcoming meeting create a similar wine experience. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I don't have any cards on me. I'm currently going through a rebranding. Mm-hmm. But if you give me your card, I'll reach back out to you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I went home. I stayed up all night. I created a website. I got all my socials, URL, all the things.
1: And then the next day I was in business. Oh my gosh. What a crazy stream of events. So, so to recap, if I understand this correctly, you're in New York, you have this just feeling this isn't quite right. I'm ready to start a family. My husband and I need to focus on us. You quit this job, you start some other job and then all kinds of things happen between your daughter, your mother in law, your husband, you're moving to Atlanta during that time before you even thought about or I shouldn't say before you thought about it. But before you um, hosted that event, were you even thinking about maybe I should get back into wine? Like wh- what was your mind telling you about your career and your work at that time? That's a that's a really great question. Um,
0: I was not thinking about wine, not even a little bit. I mean, I was thinking that I probably needed to drink it a little bit to get through (laughs) some of these tough moments that were happening in my life. But that's kind that's kind of where that's where the honestly, that's where the thought ended. I was really focused at that time. I was actually talking to Emily Caput, who introduced us, and I was gonna have her reframe my portfolio and um my resume. So that way I could be thinking about getting back into another strategy executive position. I was thinking that things were, you know, it looked like my husband was doing really well. I was missing the workplace and I was thinking about going back to the traditional workforce.
1: And so I was not thinking about wine at all. So, so... In retrospect, as an outsider and hearing your story, I hear, as you said, as I would say, the universe pointed you where you needed to be in order to set you up for what was coming next. And you had no clue what was happening. And I'm sure in the moment, it was brutal. I mean, it was really difficult to deal with this huge list of things that were that were going on on top of I'm a mom and I got to, you know, change diapers or drive kids to school or the things that we deal with every single day. Anyway, you also have all these huge momentous occasions, these momentous things happening in your life, and you're not thinking about all of that, that. meanwhile, the world is working in your favor. Things are working in your favor to kind of set you up in the right direction. In retrospect, if you were to go back able to go back and tell yourself something, give yourself some advice in that moment. I'm asking that for the benefit of our listeners that might be in that moment, sitting there with their own health issues in their family or or with their, their kids and thinking to themselves, this just doesn't feel like it's working out. I guess I'm going to go find another job. I don't really know what is or isn't coming. What's the advice in that moment that you could share? It's a great question. I think that when you're going through something
0: hard in life, and as I've shared, I've been through my fair share of very hard things in a, in a very compacted period of time. I think you just, you know, you just have to keep going. Like there's that saying, like, you know you take things a day at a time, take things a week at a time, take things an hour at a time. And you just have to keep going It's kind of what I did. And that's kind of who I am. I'm, I'm, I'm a warrior. I just go, you know, okay, there's, I'm a strategist. There's a problem that needs to be solved. How do we collect all the data, put it in
1: place, and then figure out the best way and the most innovative way to solve the problem? Oh my gosh, our brains work exactly the same way. That's like literally how my brain works. That's so funny. Yes, yes, but continue. Once a strategist, always a strategist. And so that's
0: really how I did it is you just, you know, you have to survive. So you just live your life an hour at a time, which is what I did. If somebody said, oh, can I talk to you about something next week? i say, I don't know. If I can, I'll let you know next week. <laughs> that was just my, my MO because I needed to care for the things and the people in my life that needed me the most in the most immediate time frame. And,
1: and, and so maybe- that's really and maybe really appropriate advice even for 2020 right just generally for yeah. 2020 yeah just live you know live you
0: really truly are living in the moment and there's a gift in that there's a gift in everything right the gift in that is mindfulness because you you don't have a choice there's so much going on in your life and there's so many things that are so important that need immediate attention you can't be thinking about next week or next month or a year from now and frankly If you have a a partner or a spouse or a loved one who has a terminal disease, you don't want to be thinking about next year or next week. Mm -hmm. You kind of just want to think about now because that's how you survive and that's how you make it through with a healthy and a clear mind and the least amount of stress. And that's how I learned mindfulness is just, you just have to be where you are. Don't be where you were. Don't be where you're going to be or you think you should be. And that's really how I ended up in this business. And now I'm so fortunate because I have this incredibly, incredibly thriving, thriving business. I'm doing so many wine events that this week I've gotten 15 inquiries for the first two weeks of December. And I'm having to tell people, no, I just, I just don't have the availability. You know, as much as I wish I could serve everybody, I'm realizing like, wow, I need to hire people. My company is growing. This is super exciting. And did I plan for this? No, but this is where I am. And I think it's because of that skill that I learned through going through some of the hardest times of my life to yeah. just kind of be mindful and trust the process.
1: I I love everything that you're saying there and and I find it so wild how much our stories are paralleled. I'm in the exact same place with my business, also turning work down, also having to hire people. So, um so, so that's that's great. I think truly I'm I'm yeah. trying to as you've said be mindful that that is a, a moment to be thankful for. That it, it's tough, it's tough to turn the work down, it's tough to have to find new ways to do things, but but it is a moment to be mindful or to be thankful of. Let's talk more about how you got into the business. You started to say uh, about this crazy moment where you you did this one event and then all of a sudden people are started um, reaching out to you. You went home and you created business cards. You created your website. What was your mindset in that moment? Were you thinking, great, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to start this business and poof, you just jumped right in or, or not? A little bit of both. I mean,
0: I did jump right in. I wanted, you know, I'm somebody, sounds like very similar to you and probably very similar to a lot of the people that you've interviewed for this podcast. I am really motivated and driven by work and by the value that I could potentially contribute to an organization to help make it better. That makes me feel good. That fills my cup. So I needed to fill my cup in that way. I had been filling my cup by taking care of all of my loved ones. And I'm so grateful I have the time and space in my life and the privilege, frankly, to be able to do that. But I really wanted something of my own. Um, And so I wasn't thinking like, is this gonna be the forever thing? I wasn't thinking at all. I was being mindful. I was living in the moment. I was saying, okay, the market is telling me that I have something that could be valuable to people in terms of corporate and private wine tasting events and providing wine education classes. So let's go with that and let's have a little bit of fun. And I did that for about a year. And as my you know, company started to grow organically, it was very exciting. I kind of hit another fork in the road where I was like, okay, this was fun. I'm going back to work now. And so I called Emily again and I said, okay, We got to start working on my resume. These are some of the jobs I'm looking at. And then in that time that I started communicating with Emily and her team about, again, renovating my portfolio and my resume to make me relevant again and get this incredible executive strategy position, my company went through kind of a very large growth period. I um, had the opportunity to start selling wine. I met someone who became my partner in um, you know, a retail sales business, like a concierge business, a buy appointment only wine store. And that was blowing up. And I was like, I just took a moment. I was like, okay, the universe is not telling me to get a job. The universe is telling me to stay. Because this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And this is what I love. Right. You know, I, would want, I wanted to go back to work because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. But then I realized, no, no, this is what I'm supposed yeah. to do. This is,
1: Tell me this about is that. my value. You're saying, right, the, that you felt like, it's what you needed to You were supposed to go back to work. Why did you think that you had to go back to work? Like, what? Well, and, and I'm listening for what I've heard in other interviews, right? That there are these expectations that we set on ourselves, that society sets on us, particularly as women. What were those things that you kept hearing in your mind that said, I got to go get a job, a normal, a quote, a normal job?
0: I mean, that's a great question. And I think it's a lot of things. At the most basic level, it is compensation and your place in society. It's like, okay, you know, I got to figure out how to make real money now. And also, I am guilty of this. I attach so much of my importance and my value in the world. Yes, I subscribe to that notion that absolutely being a mother, being a wife, those are the two most important roles I've ever held in my life. But for my personality type, it's it's not the whole picture for me. And so I had this feeling like I need to be working in this company or this organization that's doing really important things in the world. You know, there was this momentous election looming a few years down the road, and I felt like I wanted to make a difference and do something that meant something to not only me, but to the rest of the world. I felt this calling. And so I felt like that was the only way in my head at the time that I could create unique value and help do my tiny little piece to make the world a better place. And so I kind of had to backpedal from there and reframe my brain a little bit to say that Well, no, that's old thinking. You know, being a part of this huge machine is old thinking. We make the world better in so many different ways. And that sometimes creating something special on my own is more powerful than becoming a cog in this like really, really big machine. And so I just needed to changed my mindset.
1: I think that that's so powerful and so relevant. And I think a lot of people, myself included, will resonate with that feeling. Uh, just like you said, with you know, other women I've interviewed, but even the women listening to this, I think anybody who's struggling with this and trying to figure this out is is exactly that kind of a person. Somebody who's trying to figure out what is my value in the world, separate from my family, which which yes, we can all agree is at the end of the day, the thing that that brings you truest joy in your life. But there's another side to me that belongs in the world that is adding something of value to the world. And I think we have been conditioned to think that to do that, we need to have some three letter title to our name ceo coo cmo cfo cio whatever that is that we're working our way up to some important job at some important company um and it's hard and and to be you know really candid about that that even and maybe you you agree in your own experience that even in the last 7 or 8 years myself and other women that I've talked to as you're going through the growing pains of building a business you often think to yourself oh, did I do the right thing? Do I have enough success? Do I feel like uh, there's enough here to show for the time and the effort I've put into it? Would I have been better off, you know, pursuing some title somewhere? Uh, And there's never necessarily the right answer other than what you, I think what you find within yourself and where you can start to really articulate for yourself Ultimately, what it kind of an impact you want to have on the world? And it sounds like that you kind of came to that, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I, um, Since living in Atlanta, and we talked about this before, wanting to give value, I joined a couple of boards. I also gave some pro bono um, strategy services to some large nonprofit boards. In Atlanta and something that really struck me was a conversation I had with this woman one day who was um, chief development officer for one of these very large iconic Atlanta nonprofits. And she said to me one day, she goes, I don't understand how, and she goes, don't take this the wrong way. She said, but I mean, it's kind of impossible not to take this the wrong way. She said, how can you go from being the height at the height of your career and having executive strategy roles in some of the largest nonprofits in the country? and then you transition to teaching people about wine and serving people and she said that like wow. those were her word choices and i said to her you know i kind of just spoke from my heart and i said you know i don't know if it's because i'm a jewish mother or if it's because of my dna i said but my love language is to serve others and every time i work every day i worked in the nonprofit sector no matter how important or how cool my job title was or the work that i was doing I was in service of others. And that is why I felt this calling. That's why my heart was called to the work. That's why my mind was called to the work. And that's why I'm called, called to this work. Is That's my love language is service, service to others. And so it was just like, and she just kind of had this like confused look on her face. And I think she had a little bit of remorse for asking me the question <laughs> in the way that I bet she, she did. did. <laughs> But it really reframed it for me. And I don't fault her because I think she truly was curious. I don't think she, you know, I don't think she was a bad person. But it just shows you the way that people think. And the way we have to reframe our brains is that people are like, well, why would she go from like this incredible six-figure salary in the nonprofit sector to then like serving people wine in their homes and at corporate events? That seems like she took a major, you know, right, right. demotion. And I, I don't feel that way at all because I am my own boss. I am, um, I am the creator and, and the creative director and intellectual strategy director for my amazing company. And I love serving others and I love teaching them about wine and I'll never get tired of it. So...
1: I love that so tell okay. me tell me about um, before we wrap up tell me about this amazing company. Uh, tell me what you guys or tell our audiences since I already know what, what, uh, what amazing things you guys are doing these days and how we can participate that in that grandeur. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah so
0: um, my company is called Sinagro Wine Experience. It starts with a C and it's just organic spelled backwards. And that's a nod to um, our focus on organic and biodynamic, sustainable and natural wine. And basically, my company is kind of has two parts. One part of my company is, you know, the retail sales part where this is something that's only specific to Atlanta because it's illegal to ship wine outside of um, the state of Georgia. But I sell um, organic, biodynamic, and natural wines. I also have a very large selection of female-made wines, of black-made wines, Um, really cool wine selection. But then also the part that's kind of maybe more relevant to a national audience is um, my wine event. So obviously in these unprecedented times, Mm. I'm not doing um, events for 200, 300 people. I'm not even doing events for 12 people live and in person. I've transitioned to almost a solely virtual event platform and so what i do is i create a virtual wine tasting experience and transport the audience to feeling like they're sitting across the tasting table from me and um through my many different winery partners the wine gets shipped out to the clients directly to their homes and we all meet on zoom for a 60 to 90 minute wine tasting experience. And, you know, it can be pretty simple, just the wine tasting experience with me, or I have different musicians that I work with. We can bring in some musicians. I have local and national caterers that I work with where we can bring in a food tasting or a chocolate tasting element.
1: The possibilities are endless. And that is me and what I do that is fantastic and what it sounds like a really cool thing to do especially in the upcoming holidays assuming we can find time on your super busy calendar um, it sounds like a yeah. very cool thing to do over the holidays when you know unfortunately so many of us can't get together with um, our families uh, something that is hurting my heart as we speak unfortunately but um, but a, a cool way to do that right to kind of connect with those that you love that you can't that you can't see I love that idea and I love that the wine comes Right to my house And I don't have to go anywhere to get it 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 feels um, nice and and COVID safe In that way That I don't have to be out in the world Super fun What a great idea I love that Oh, thank you Yeah, unfortunately I am booked up for the holiday season (laughs)
0: Already, which is great Again, gratitude Wish I could do more But, you know There's a lot of other opportunities Some people are waiting to do like A New Year's holiday party Mm. Celebration with their teams um, and also, you know, Valentine's Day, as well as just different types of client and staff appreciation opportunities in 2021. So
1: I love that. I'm That's here so for great. it. That's <laughs> so great. And I, I love your story. You've you've. Um, given us so many good things to think about. I think um, so many of the folks listening will resonate with um, the challenges you faced, and and almost the universe—not almost, but the universe—most certainly pushing you into one direction or or the direction that you needed to go into without you realizing it. And and just a lot of great advice for how to think about um, your journey and and survive what can sometimes feel like the worst parts of of your life. So I really appreciate you being so candid and and open yeah. with uh, with what hap- has happened in in your career and your life and and thank you. And we'll be sure to share your contact info when we get the podcast out, but if you could just maybe give us your website, Instagram, Facebook, where can we find you? How do we reach out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my Instagram
0: is Sinagro um, @sinagrosom. Remember Sinagro is organic spell backwards and som is s o m m and my facebook is sinagro wine
1: experience and uh, my website is sinagrowine.com perfect i'm sure you are going to get some uh some wine fans coming and reaching out thank you again um i'm looking forward to chatting some more and just becoming friends it seems like we have a ton in common so thanks again i somewhere. love it okay thank you kathy Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Fork in the Road podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening to this as much as I enjoy recording it. And if you found any wisdom in our conversation today, please do us and your friends a favor by sharing this episode. Help us reach even more women by liking and reviewing this podcast wherever you found us. And be sure to follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for listening.